Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. Yo, Adrian. A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to meet you. Exciting times. I was like, before we got out of the air, I told you, like, uh, exciting times. You know, we see you as Sean on Apple TV Plus shrinking. It's a great series so far. What's your thoughts on all this? I like I said, I said, I watched the first two episodes of my wife over the weekend, and I wish there was more. Now I got to wait weekly for it. Ah, uh, yeah. Thanks so much for taking the time. I'm excited. People seem to be laughing, which is great. Uh, a few people seem to be crying. Also great because we intended to have people do both. So, right. That's right. That's right. Uh, we're going to jump a little bit more into the series in a few minutes. But, you know, I was doing some research. I knew everything. You know, you grew up in Florida, right? That's correct. And uh, I saw you played football. I'm a huge football fan. Oh, I got to cool. know who, who you're rooting for in the Super Bowl now. Hey, look, I'm going to be real. As soon as I started acting, I started watching movies and TV. So I haven't been like a, a true football fan like I was uh, back in high school. But usually, primarily, I was a college watcher, and I usually tried to watch like FSU and UM and all the schools down in my area. As far as uh, the NFL goes right now, I just know my father-in-law had his heart broken because he's a he's a Cowboys fan uh, through and through. So that one <laughs> broke his heart. So I, as a family, we're all recovering for him. There you go. There you go. Um, so what made you get into the acting? How come you to push yourself more to football? Well, I, man, if I was good enough, we probably wouldn't have been having this conversation today, <laughs> but I just, I just didn't have what they call chops. I had heart, I had size, um, but I did not have talent or athletic ability. And, uh, well, I didn't have nothing. It's just like, I saw truly great people on my team and realized the distance between me and them really couldn't be covered by work alone. I would need to give up every spare minute I had to training to get to a place where I could go to college for free because of football, which was my only goal playing football. Um, but I fell into acting because my parents were just like, you know, if they saw that their kids were good at anything, they would just try to push them. And they're right. like, Hey man, like you're pretty good at talking, go like do some drama stuff. So I did that. And then the next year I forgot to change my elective. And by that point, the class got like really intense. And then I just kind of fell in love. We we're doing like, Shakespeare and uh, Greek texts. So a lot of the classic stuff got me really excited. That's awesome. So what was the plan at first? Was it acting, theater, TV, film? What was uh, what pushed you? The first thing I wanted to do was draw that little Disney head in the corner of the screen. Hi, I'm Luke Tenney. Like I just, I just thought I saw them doing that, and I was like, yeah. man, I could do that. And I saw myself doing like goofy comedies and all of that and then i learned about the craft and really learned about theater and what it means to understand classical text and that really kind of reshaped my mentality and i just had the desire to do anything so long as it helped me improve mm -hmm. but when i was in school that meant drama and a lot of classic text period pieces and i didn't really get to do comedy until just before shrinking, the job I did before shrinking was my only comedy. And I'm grateful that they hired me because then I got to do shrinking, which was my second comedy. So hopefully I can spend a lot more of my career making people laugh. Is that your goal? Would you rather do more comedy than drama or a little bit of both? 
I prefer to do both. And up till now, it's only been drama. So I'm hoping that it evens out so where I can spend some time in both. Because I feel like it's like any sort of athletic type deal where it's like you can be strong, you can be fast, but unless you apply it in the sport, you're just going to lose your momentum. So I feel like the more I'm in both, the better it is for me as a performer and the better it is for whoever hires me because I'll be prepared. Is it easy to transition from drama into comedy? From what I've learned as a performer, there isn't much difference, at least with the characters that I've played. It's always about the truth. And usually for the characters in a comedy, it's not funny to them. So there's really not much difference in how um, I believe it's supposed to be played. But then I go and I work with like the goats like freaking Jason. Right. And it, he makes it seem so seamless which has me second guessing but the more i can work with him and and learn from him and catch all the golden nuggets he's dropping i feel like the better i'll do in improving my comedic chops so i say you you do it the same way but i don't know the greats may have uh something different to say with comedy also have you ever thought about like improv or anything well i did do a little improv and i wasn't good I found it very challenging for me to be in a space with no script. But when it comes to improvisation on set, I feel more confident doing that because I didn't make the story. I didn't make the characters. Mm. And that kind of improv to me feels like what an actor should do, which is paying attention to the moment. And if, you know, new things come, you react and you respond accordingly. So I'm cool with that. But that like sort of um, ASCAT or um, Upright Citizens Brigade, like that stuff, I don't think I'm cut out for that, man. <laughs> so no SNL for you in the future. We're going to see. I'm not going to say no, but I definitely respect what they do and acknowledge that it's far more challenging than preparing a script. Hey, you could always host it. Hey, I'm down for that, too. That I know I could do. You know, I, I could say words, smile, be nice. <laughs> I could do all of that. <laughs> but what they do is is truly, truly uh, in a realm of its own. So you've been in the industry for a few years now. What do you think has been like your favorite project you've worked on? Shrinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that's not because everything else I've done hasn't been awesome. I mean, my first gig was absolutely amazing. I got to do another TV show a few years ago called Deadly Class, and that will forever my heart. I love doing that show. That that show had a huge following. Yeah, man. I, I really... Oh, it's just... Bringing a comic book character to life is something that people dream of. And not every part allows you to be able to go to Comic-Con and do a convention. And I also, you know, that was executive produced by the Russo brothers who are legends. So I got to meet them. I got to work with Benedict Wong. I made one of my closest friends on that show, Benjamin Wadsworth and our, our bros. We just went to the premiere together. I'm always kicking it with him and his kid and his wife. Like, so that show gave me a lot of things I'm very, very grateful for. That's actually that's actually a close second to shrinking, um, if not a tie. <laughs> so, what's Luke's ultimate goal? What are you kind of hoping for? Uh, maybe do like a like a goal of like a role you want to play someday, or behind the scenes. Well, I'd love to be able to produce and write at a high level, like Brett, Jason, and Bill. Mm-hmm. Those guys are pretty prime examples. Brett and Jason, in that they're also actors and writers. Um, Bill in that he's a creative genius who can have a show like Shrinking and Ted Lasso going at the same time. What a monster. 
that dude is right. a beast. Yeah. Uh, so that's definitely like peak. I'll know I've made it when like there's, I can't imagine any place higher than creating content and casting people who I love and respect. Um, but then aside from that, just as an actor, I love theater so much. One of the first plays I saw on Broadway was Raising in the Sun with Denzel Washington. Mm. I remember finishing that show thinking, I either have to quit right now or give my all to this because the difference between me sitting in this chair and that dude is too great for me to yeah. do a disservice to this to this craft we call acting. So, uh, but I'm still here. So obviously right. he inspired me. <laughs> and that's a good person to look up to. He's one of the best out there. Yeah, he that guy is he's amazing. He does it all. He does he does on camera work very well, and he does theater work very well. But I'd love to be able to do theater at that level for sure. Who knows? Would you ever want to work with him if you can in a heartbeat? Yes. Uh, yes, sign me up. Um, I auditioned for a project with him a couple years ago, and I, I was so heartbroken. I remember not getting that part. And then I watched the performer, and I was like, okay, well, that dude, yeah, he he got me beat. Um, the part went to Ashton Sanders, who is popular for his work in Moonlight. Okay. And uh, he was amazing in Equalizer 2 as well. So I was just happy to, to see that. Well, you know, I might have been in my feelings, but... The movie's definitely better with that young man in it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you'll have a purpose. You'll something else tricking. Who knows? You can keep going. Yeah, I'm really enjoying my time on this show. I'm I'm just grateful I got I got the job. Honestly, I'm I'm really really grateful that they hired me. Let's let's jump right into that, man. Uh, how did you get approached for the series? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, to be clear, I was not approached for the series. Technically, we approached them. The wow. way it works is my um agents uh submit me okay. and then they determine whether or not they want to have me do an audition okay. and that's how it works at my level so i'm i'm newer i don't really have a name that's how usually how it works now at the top when they cast in ted mcginley and cast in um jessica williams i'm pretty sure they hit those people up but i was just happy to get an audition but yeah, the, the process is, you know, it's just step by step. So I submitted my self-tape and then we did some callbacks and this was in the heat of COVID. So it was all Zoom. So I'm doing chemistry reads with Jason and I met with James Ponsolt over Zoom. And it was just this process that we kind of just got used to. We're sitting in front of the computer a lot like you and I am now. This is actually my setup when I do my self-tapes and my Zoom reads and we'll perform and hopefully... You, they think that you're right for the part. And in my case, they did. So I'm glad to be here. Were you nervous the first time you sat with the table read with uh, Jason? I still am. You still are. <laughs> I'm still nervous. <laughs> uh, every scene, every moment. But Jason has such a warm, kind energy. It's not like he he's working with an actor he's auditioning with and thinking, oh, I hope they're terrible. No, right. he's hoping that you are the person for the job. Right. And uh, you can feel that. And I think that really helped me get a good callback session and producer session in before they eventually went on to cast me. Yeah. And I love the bond so far between Sean and Jimmy. I love that. I think it's like, it's, it's like, like you guys are really like best friends. That's what it feels like. Yeah. You know, it gets a little buddy sort of buddy yeah. comedy type deal. Right. right. Uh, what I love so much about what, what the writers did is obviously we have Jason teaching Sean how to manage his anger. But in a way, we have Sean teaching Jimmy how to show up. Mm. And I think that that sort of dichotomy creates a trust because it's one thing to learn from somebody. 
you trust them to a to a degree, but when two people are learning from each other, there's a much higher level of trust there. What was the description you were given as Sean first after you got the role? Oh, good question. If I had my email open, I could read the character breakdown, but I just remember it was it was like this dude's angry. He's, yeah. he's an angry young man. He's very explosive. He's got a hair trigger and his anger turns to violence. And which it's funny to me because I, I usually go out for parts with that sort of breakdown. And I'm one of the happiest dudes I've ever met. I, I can tell. So <laughs> I'm a very jubilant man. But for some reason, those characters to me make a lot of sense. And I think um, I was just encouraged to find that the casting department thought that I wore Sean well enough to become the performer who plays him. So, again, glad to be here. Yeah. And we can tell you, he's, a, he's an Army vet. Is he suffering from PTSD? Have, have they yes. said that on the show? Okay. That was, that they, was didn't, an... they didn't say it in the first episode. They, I don't try to remember. Well, I, I think they're working on making sure we don't like, at least from my perspective, I think they want to make sure that there are a couple of things that may be up in the air okay. so that you can assume them. Yeah. But I, I mean, I definitely am playing Sean as somebody who's suffering with that specific disorder that mm. also on top of it requires anger management. So I definitely, yeah, he, the way I'm playing him, he's definitely got PTSD for sure. Yeah. So how do you prepare to play a role like this? Research, whether that's Googling, YouTube, or asking folks. For me, all three, I think that the the latter is the, the most beneficial because when it comes to performing, you can't tell the audience your homework. You just say the words in the character. You don't get to yeah. tell people, well, what I was doing here, well, that's not how it works. They watch it. They develop their own uh ideas and opinions and your performance is just up for interpretation but in my case i thought anecdotal evidence was a bit more beneficial because of that so i could interpret the stories that i heard and then do my best to bring them justice you know did uh jason or even like bill ask you like give you like hey how do you want to play this character do you have any thoughts yes and i was very surprised okay. i was actually in new york city uh, a couple of weeks after I had been cast and I had um, a bunch of scruff. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, I had some help from my barber who made it look much nicer. Than, shout out to Skip, my man. <laughs> Does my hair real well. But I remember being real scruffy and, and kind of unkempt. And I had to go in for reshoots for something else where the character was clean. And I called them and I was like, hey guys, what do you think I should do? And then they said, what do you think you should do? I was like, wow. Me? And I was like, well, I think Sean should look like somebody who's struggling. I don't think he should walk in with a fresh lineup, a fade, looking all clean. He should look like he's not really taking good care of himself. And as you've seen, they went with that and they played with it. Like, I definitely don't have a clean lineup. I don't, I don't have any sort of grooming on my on my face. And um between you and me, I took it upon myself to eat a few more burgers as well. So that Sean, <laughs> like he didn't care, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you could tell, like, he, he doesn't look like he's bad either. He just looks like he's lost at the moment. Ah, per A. That is so encouraging to hear. Mission accomplished. I wanted that sort of middle ground so yeah. that when Sean woke up and looked in the mirror, he wasn't like, oh my goodness, what a piece of crap. Yeah. He, he was he's not a bad person. Himself. He's not a bad person. I don't think he is. I just think he was able to fool himself into saying, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. And he, 
he needs to be able to appear in a way where he can buy. It's no big deal. I don't look that bad. But the truth is, if he's not focused on improvement at all, he's only getting worse. How do you describe now, like, the relationship that so far in the first two episodes between uh, Jimmy and Sean? I would, I would say that Sean has a newfound respect for Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And when you get to the second episode, you can see why Sean can really lean on Jimmy more so than he has on his family as of yeah. late. You can see he doesn't he doesn't feel comfortable asking them for anything. And uh, you can also see Sean comes from a nuclear family. He's got um, support. He's got people who want to take care of him, but yeah. he's struggling with accepting help from them. And you're going to see a bit more of why later on in the season. But I think that Sean has respect for Jimmy, whereas initially Jimmy kind of squandered that the first meeting. And now he's sort of earned Sean's trust and respect. And that goes a long, long way for a dude like Sean. And how often do you see a doctor break, take you in under his roof after you have to get thrown out of the house? Well, in this case, shoot, we know that. You don't see that that often in real life. I don't think we see that at all, or at least we're not supposed to, you know, but. Jimmy is doing this um, not by the book. He's trying to fight for something new that he believes is effective. And sometimes that means crossing the line. And I think in his case, it's the right line to cross to take care of somebody who needs some help. And Sean has two two special scenes I consider the first episode. The first one is when that guy bumps into you at the restaurant. Was it outside the restaurant? Mm -hmm. And, And you choose to call Jimmy, pretty much saying, I'm fighting him, fighting. Like, I don't want to get into a fight. Help me, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the second scene, of course, is when Jimmy gets jumped at the soccer game by another patient, and then you jump in to help Jimmy. Yeah. And, and your light turned on, pretty much. Yep, pretty much. And I think what's so... And this is why I love the writers so much, because, you know, I had the first script for a while, and then the second script, I got second. But when I was breaking down Sean's arc, the yeah. coolest thing for me is somebody who learned to celebrate every little victory. Sean hasn't learned that yet. So he has to learn that from Jimmy. He sees himself as getting angry as an L. And then it takes Jimmy to say, hey, celebrate. Jump up and down with me. Right. For Sean to recognize, oh, I, I didn't get violent. So although he's still feeling that anger, he was able to choose nonviolence. Also, that dude was so nice. I know he looked at me. <laughs> he was such a good dude. It was a great day on set. Yeah. But um, then when we get to the arc, this is the first time Sean isn't fighting because of what someone did to him. Right. He's fighting to protect someone he respects. Look at that lovely arc that they did there. And then uh, throughout the second episode, we're seeing how greatly that was appreciated. And, oh man, I love these writers. How excited were you when you when you when you're reading script after script for each episode? How excited were you getting? The same the same level of excitement that you may have waiting for next week. It's just what's going to happen next? Because shoot, when we get in the scripts, I don't know. I'm watching it in my head when I'm reading. Yeah, I'm just like, oh man, what's going to happen? I I want the best for these characters, but at the same time, I do like being entertained. So I'm like, <laughs> where's the tea at? You know, I'm trying yeah. to get a sip. What's been the feedback so far from like family, friends that too, or even just fans, random fans? Oh, well, from my close family, I grew up Baptist and I'm not somebody who likes using foul language. 
you seen the first two episodes? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, whoa! And I had to come clean with them. I was like, guys, I had to practice some of those words in the mirror because I just don't be saying them off. You know, like I said, I'm a happy man. Like, I yeah. don't be trying to make nobody uncomfortable, you know? Um, but from a lot of the fans, I just see a lot of passion for, one, seeing Jason because a lot of these people feel like um, this guy who they watched when they're growing up, now he's a dad. He's playing yeah. a dad. So it's like new for them. And it's cool for me to be excited for everyone to see something that I've been able to see on set, you know, for, mm. for over the past year. Now they get to see it. And also Harrison Ford. Right. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> People are very stoked and I'm glad that they are. Please tell me we're going to see a scene, at least with you and Harrison. I'm not going to uh, say anything about that, but I will. I will do this. There you go. Awesome. So, so we're expecting 10 episodes, right? Is that what it yeah, is? we got we got 10. We shot 10. So you'll be seeing 10. And um, yeah, there's there's a, a lot of a lot of fun stuff coming, um, not just for Sean, but for everyone. If you've watched any Bill Lawrence Doozer show, oh, yeah. you know that he's great at pairing unlikely people yeah. together, picking people from all different corners of the cast and thrusting them together. So I can just say Bill's back at it again. Oh yeah. And um you you guys are gonna be I think you guys are gonna be happy with it. Yeah. Especially like, you know, he made scrubs. Who doesn't like scrubs? Yeah, man. It, dude's a legend. And you know what? You know what I like about him? He knows it. Yeah. He he's not like faux, he, he's not like sort of fake humble. He just says thank you. I'm like, hey man, you real good at your job. He's like, Yeah, I've been doing this for a while. Thank you. It's both. It's mm. thank you and I know, and I freaking love mm. it. Cause some, you know, uh, as as a newer performer, I feel gratitude, but I still feel a bit of that imposter syndrome. So looking up to somebody like Bill, I'm like, I, I can't wait till I acquire that. When somebody's like, "Hey, mm. good work," and I'm like, "Thank you," and I, in my heart, I also know, well, they wouldn't have called cut, wrap it up if it right. was bad, you know. Right. So, right. Is there any advice that Bill or Jason gave you before you jumped on this project and start working? Um. Something that, well, I'm always trying to steal from, from everybody, but not really any direct advice, but just from watching Bill work. Yeah. I'm, I'm an emerger myself. I'm, I'm newer to that than I am to acting, but watching Bill on set, it was like watching somebody care for this thing. Like, what's a good analogy? Maybe, maybe it's like a bonsai tree, you know, how you're supposed to own those things and you're supposed to really kind of put so much care into the, into those things. Yeah. But you also have to know which branches to cut. And there, there were a couple of days on set where it may have been a line or maybe a whole little arc that to me looks like a really interesting branch. And Bill's just like, Pop! and I'm like, whoa. But he's doing that because the health of the tree is way more valuable than just one interesting branch. It's going to benefit the entire project for him to cut this. To me, it looks like a great idea. I don't have the discernment that he has yet. Yeah. But he goes, I'm going to sacrifice this for the greater good of the show. And it, that is a particular skill to watch happen on set because it's his script and he is tearing that up because he cares so much about right. the overall health of the show. It's really impressive to watch. Has he said anything about how many ideas, like how many seasons he thinks he could do with this show? <laughs> well, I, I heard from Jason once. I can't remember which number he used. Yeah. It was like two or three, but he was like, let's do such and such and see how we feel. I was like, right. <laughs> for, the, for, the new guy, for the new guy, you want more. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
<laughs> and uh, I just love working on comedy with all these legends. Um, again, glad to be here. Ooh. That's awesome. Luke, now uh, what's next for you now? Any other projects you're allowed to tell us about that you're coming out or you're about to work on? Oh, uh, thank you for asking. So I just, right after Shrinking, I went and shot a film called The Nickel Boys, which is based off of a book by Colson Whitehead set in the 60s about a reform school that actually was real in uh, Florida that was around for 100 years. And it turns out that they were abusing their students. They were just mistreating them left and right. I'm talking crimes against humanity type stuff. And when the news came out, it seemed like not too many people cared. And Colson wrote the Nickel Boys to raise the awareness for stuff like this. And I do have a sort of frustration with um, how frequently I see African-American stories in particular that involve us revisiting our trauma, being celebrated over our slice of life pieces of work. Um, and it, it's been a frustrating thing for me. So when I first saw it, I was challenged and I was like, I don't know if I really want to work on something like this and realized it's from Florida. I'm from Florida. Yeah. I had never heard about it before. And I, it was the school was around when I was in elementary school wow. and middle school and high school. And I knew nothing about it. I was like, if I didn't know about it being from Florida and I could have very well been sent there, I definitely want to be a part of raising the awareness. So I sent in the best tape I could and mm -hmm. I'm glad that they gave me the job. So that's up next for me. And I write, I'm working on a play and I got a short that's doing the festival circuit right now. That short is called Jade. That's amazing. Hey, you got to keep going up, my friend. Got to keep climbing, you know? <laughs> That's right. Look, uh, how can the listeners and the viewers now find you on social media, keep up with you with shrinking and films and writing? I'm at Luke Tenney on everything. I think Luke.Tenney, maybe. Either way, if you see these teeth, you know it's me. <laughs> I'll be smiling a lot, so look out for those. Awesome, Luke. I want to thank you for giving me a minute This was great. Thank you. It's been nice chopping it up with you, man. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.